0: Inside Sources. Welcome back. Final segment of Inside Sources today. Great to be with you. I am Boyd Matheson, and uh, if you missed that last segment with Alex Curie as we were kind of breaking down the treatment of the Jazz, uh, it really is like uh, a lot of things. Uh, we, it's not very often you can put uh, the Utah Jazz and Gandhi into the same sentence, but we did that. Uh, Gandhi said that first they ignore you, then they ridicule you, then they fight you then you win. And I'm hoping that is the pattern for the Jazz, because uh, throughout the season, the Jazz were mostly ignored, even rolling into the playoffs. There was very little that people were talking about the Jazz, uh, except for those who would just ridicule Utah as a small market franchise, really cute, uh, no chance of of winning at all. Uh, But now the fight begins as we get into the second round of the playoffs, taking on the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, we'll have Jeff Kaplan will be over there on the plaza later today, as will Alex Curie and Scott Mitchell uh, later on tonight, getting ready for that game. But there are a lot of great lessons there. And to me, one of the most important things coming out of the, the jazz is how they win. Uh, how they win is a, is a great lesson for a lot of things and for a lot of us in a lot of areas of our lives. One of the things the jazz, I think, do better than anybody is they do understand this notion that it doesn't matter uh, who gets credit as long as we win. And that is a really interesting thing, and it's one of the things that our elected officials struggle with, many of our business leaders struggle with, because we have bought into what I think is a myth in terms of the difference between power and influence. I saw this back in Washington, D.C. I saw this as a business consultant working with executives of international organizations. So many people become so obsessed with power and position that they forget that what really matters is influence and results. Because if you or your organization are obsessed with power and position, all that happens is you end up with an organization or a government built of silos and of individual performers who are only looking out for themselves. And I've seen it over and over and over and over again in government, in business. When you have that kind of culture in an organization that is a power and position culture, as opposed to an influence culture, everything's different. Power and position cultures are always managed up. It's always siloed. Everybody's looking out for themselves and no one's looking out for, are we delivering the right results for our customers, for our clients, for our shareholders, for our families? And you have to get beyond that. But we have this mindset and the national media plays into this a great deal that power, power is a zero sum game. So if you get a little more, that means I have a little less. That's a horrible way to run an organization. That is a horrible model for getting things done. Influence is, is the other way around. Uh, I want to turn for a minute to some words from uh, Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs, uh, who sadly passed away uh, in November of last year uh, after a bout with cancer. Uh, I had the opportunity to interview uh, one of the last interviews that Rabbi Sachs gave before he passed away and he talked about this idea of power versus influence and what would you really choose so we have to grasp the difference between these two concepts it's uh, as we've mentioned before they're often confused uh power and influence they're very very different uh they're they're not uh people of power can have influence for sure people of influence can have power of course Uh, But the two are so distinct, so different. They operate by completely different logic and principles. Uh, And so here's the experiment that Rabbi Sachs would often use. He would say, imagine that you have total power, whatever you say goes. Then one day you decide to share your power with nine others. You now have, at best one-tenth of the power you had before because you have divided that power with the other nine now imagine instead that you have a, a measure of influence and you decide to share that influence with nine others whom you make your partners who you link and lock arms with you now have ten times the influence that you had before, because now it's not just you. Now you have ten people who are all capable of delivering the same message. So here, here's the important principle. This is the way we, uh, Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs put it. He said, "Power works by division, influence. Influence works by multiplication. Power is a zero-sum game. The more you share, the less you have. Influence is a non-zero game. The more you share." the more you have. And that's the important lesson. It's a lesson that I think the Utah Jazz uh, deliver every time they step on the court because they're willing to let whoever's hot keep shooting. They're going to make the extra pass because they're not worried about amassing power. They're focused on extending their influence. both when I was uh, chief of staff in Washington, DC and in uh, other leadership positions that I've had over the years, uh, to me, the measure, the measure of the people in your organization is not how much power they can amass. It's how much influence they can extend. I would tell those in Washington, DC, let everyone else battle over the power structure stuff. Let's focus on influence. And the greatest day were the days when we saw other people using language we had created or deploying a strategy that we had developed. We didn't get credit for it. We didn't get acknowledged for it. But our influence expanded because of it. Where if you're just trying to amass power, again, zero-sum game, if you've got more, i got less, Influence is the opposite. The more you share it, the more you spread it, the more you have of it. And that's a critical message for us. It's a great one for us to look at, uh, not just in the world of sports or the world of business or the world of politics. Uh, This happens in our homes and in our communities. Uh, It's about influence. Uh, I used to give out an award every week in organizations that I led. It was called the Fingerprint Award. And it was given, it was the highest award you could get. Why? Because you were extending influence. So fingerprints may have come because someone came up with a a great idea for a a policy or a a bill to be run. Fingerprints may have come through uh, someone uh, coming up with a a great way to explain something that was happening in, in Washington or a way it could be done within a business. No names attached, no credit given, just fingerprints. And the people who make the biggest difference in this world are not power players. They're fingerprinters. They're influencers. And that's what the world needs far more of today. Uh, we got enough of people battling over power. Uh, But remember, power works by division. Influence works by division by multiplication. If you're ever wondering about the significance of what you do every day, just look, at, just look for some fingerprints. Uh, and I would even take that one step further today. Think of the people who have left their fingerprints on your life or in your business or on your career or on the decisions you made today. If you, if you follow the fingerprints, you'll see the real influencers. You'll see the people who actually do make a difference every day. Uh, I have sitting on my desk a quote from Ronald Reagan that says, There is no limit to how far a person can go or what they can accomplish as long as they don't care who gets the credit. Leave some fingerprints today. Influence over power. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on the KSL News Radio's Inside Sources today. Jeff Kaplan's coming up next. And as always, as you go out into the world, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something today that'll make a difference. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding.